Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, this is the Ruler Podcast, supported by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. Well, the Grand Tours are over, the Worlds are over, the Giro di Lombardia is this weekend, and unless their name's down for the Tour of Guangxi, it's pretty much the off-season for pro riders. Some of them, we're looking at you, Matthew van der Poel, will probably be riding cross, but most will be heading for the beach. In the old days, of course, they'd all have been riding the boards on the six-day circuit. British fans still make the traditional November pilgrimage to Ghent, and the revived London six-day will be playing to packed, if slightly less boisterous, crowds at Lee Valley Velodrome this month. This year's edition features some big names, not least Mark Cavendish. I caught up with him a while ago at Lee Valley, and we both tried to remember the last time he raced on the track. Raced on the track was probably was when I won the Ghent six-day with Brad. Road here, London six stage slightly just before that. But I've been on, I've, I've trained on the track continually since then. Is that still part of your training then? Yeah, so it, I enjoy it. it. It always complements a little bit, you know. You now I was a track racer growing up. It's kind of, racing is better than training on the track, you know. It's my happy place racing on the track. You know, it's just pure. There's no brakes, there's one gear. And uh, it's intense, you know, it's... From the gun to the finish, it, it's full on. And six-day races are, are different again, aren't they? There's, there's a very sort of different... Yeah, six-day racing is kind of... If you if you look at World Cup racing and that is like your your one-day races, like your classics on the road, um, then six-day racing is like tour racing, but on the track, you know. You have to manage your effort over six days. You've got different events in there, different styles of race. That you have to adapt to constantly on a night, and uh, it's, you know it's, uh, and especially now the UCI have changed the the format of the Madison at Worlds and Olympic level World Cups and that six day racing is still what holds true to the value of what a Madison racing is, you know, which is about lapping the field ultimately. And across the whole six days as well, kind of knowing what you need to do relative to other Yeah, I think other gauging your effort and knowing where to put it in to, to challenge, to get laps back on the field, to gain points. You've got to take a structured um, approach to that and a tactical approach on how you're going to do it, you know. And uh, people do it. Some people go high on the board early in the week. Some leave it to the end. And uh, it usually ends up with, with close racing because of that, so... 
saw you actually practising a couple of Madison changes with Caleb Ewan. It looked like it's a long while since he's done them. Yeah, well, you, you, you don't... It's kind of when you grow up racing, so it still doesn't take long. It's, you, you just get ingrained back into it. it. It's something that sits naturally. just takes a couple of kind of efforts to get the confidence and then you're fine. Like It's like you've never been away. From the outside, the Madison looks like complete and utter chaos. What's it like actually inside as a rider? Do you know where the best, the best place to see a Madison is? Actually in the race. Actually, the riders, it's the place you can see what's going on the most. The second best place to watch a Madison is in the arena, is in the stands. You can see the whole track, you know. On TV, it's difficult to understand. Even I find it difficult sometimes to understand, you know. Um, but it, when you can have a view of the whole track and what's going on at once, that's when you, it's actually quite understandable, you know. The closer the action you can get, obviously the more exciting it is, but the more you can see everything that's going on the track at the same time. Really. It starts to make sense when you're actually riding it. When you watch it, when you can see the whole the whole track, like it, it should be pretty simple once you... Once you know, it's easy to, to snowball, really, you know, in, in your knowledge of it. And across the whole six days as well, kind of knowing what you need to do relative to other Yeah, I think other gauging your effort and knowing where to put it in to, to challenge, to get laps back on the field, to gain points, I'll give you that. That's more of a, a kind of you got to take a structured um, approach to that and a tactical approach and how you're going to do it, you know, and... Uh, People do it. Some people go high on the board early in the week. Some leave it to the end. And uh, usually ends up with, with close racing because of that. So. A lot of the people who come along uh, to a six-day, it may be their first experience of track racing or maybe their first experience of bike racing. Um, what's the big difference from a rider's point of view between you know, uh, road racing and, and track racing in terms of the demands it makes on you? Road and track cycling, although it's two wheels, two pedals and a set of handlebars. It's like comparing rally driving and Formula One driving. They're both driving, but it's different. It's not the same, you know. And uh, we can't really adjust our suspension and tyres, you know. Um, it's down our, our kind of legs to do that. And, uh, and that takes a lot of effort to be able to do. You know, there's a few of us in the world that can do it, that can transition, but it, it's hard work. Like, fortunate that having done it my whole career, I know what I have to do, but it doesn't make it any easier any time. And I kind of, I know it's hard work having to do it. But it's always, they've always complimented each other being able to do it, you know. There's a good field at London this year, isn't it? Um, apart from yourself, there's Caleb Ewan, Elia Viviani. Ah, it's the best field they've ever had in terms of top quality road riders here. You know, it's pretty impressive that... Six Day London have got arguably the three fastest riders of our generation, you know, racing together, all from a track background. And you can really see then, you know, we're in a stadium environment, you know, there's no kind of, the course doesn't matter, the weather conditions doesn't matter, you know, it's pure racing, pure speed. And to come from three fast guys, Elliot, Olympic champion on the track, he's European champion now on the road. Caleb just won two stages of the tour in his first three, two, three in his first uh, two, three, yeah, in his first uh, in his first Tour de France. That's pretty special. I'm excited to race with them. I'm nervous. Obviously, I have a home advantage, but uh, 
it should be exciting times. It should be great racing, I think. What difference does that home advantage make? Because uh, you do get some good crowds here in London, don't you? You know, it's easy to say. You know, every athlete says, oh, when you can hear the home crowd, you go, oh, it spurs you on. It does. It's not just something you say to to media. Like, you know, I remember riding here at the London Velodrome with Brad in 2016. And when we took that final lap at the end, you know, we were 40k into 50k Madison. And, uh, you know, it's not an easy place to be that, you know, and you really do feel something like you don't feel something. That's the thing. So it's, it's like someone screaming takes uh, takes some form of lactic acid out of your legs, you know, and uh, you get this extra little thing from it. it. It's pretty special. The other thing that people always um, look forward to at uh, six day races is derny racing. And from a rider's point of view, do you enjoy that? Derny racing is, do you know what they call it in Germany? They call it like stayer racing. Um, you know, not literally translated, but uh, you could stay, say it means staying at high speed, you know, and it's, it's easier for your brads. You know, your long-limbed lever guys that can push a big gear. The small guys, it's hard for us having to spin a little gear because we don't really have the length of pistons to push around big gears. We can go fast. We can go even faster than a derny for a short amount of time, but staying at that high high speed, it's difficult for us, you know. But uh, So we have to ride on a on a bit of a different tactic to the others your derny driver does make a big difference like it's easy to think if you've got no experience of it oh, it's, it's easy to just be on a derny just follow it you know just whoever drives a motorbike fastest guy it's nothing like that at all the accelerations the decelerations the position you have on the track like the g-force you got if you lower down the track all has an impact on how you can pedal how you fatigue and uh and ultimately the end of the race you know so uh they're actually, although you're, you're not in the wind, they're, they're sometimes the most tactical event of the night. Listen, Mark, thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck for six day. And Thank you. Good luck with uh, next year, whatever it brings. Thank you very much. Cheers. And we've now been joined by uh, Mark's partner for the six day, Owen Dahl. You've actually just got back from the Vuelta, haven't you? Yeah, so I uh, finished Vuelta in Madrid last night at eight o'clock and Got a 6.30 flight over here to, to the Lee Valley Velodrome um, for a bit of uh, talking about the sixth day. How are you feeling? Not too bad, actually. It was a hard race, I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I think I came through it in not too bad a shape. So, uh, yeah, not too bad. So, are you looking forward to getting back on the track uh, with Mark? Yeah, I am. I haven't been on the track for a couple of years, actually. Obviously, after doing the games, switched to kind of the road focus. Um, and, unfortunately, I've never been able to do the, the London sixth day. Uh, because we've always had a team camp on medicals and stuff like that. But this is the first year where there's been no clash. Um, so I've had no commitments this time of year. So when the, the opportunity came to, to ride the sixth day, I was ecstatic and then be partnered with Cav as well. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Have you done any six days? I have. Uh, I've done a couple in the past, but more uh, the UIV under 23 ones. So I've done Ghent, Berlin, um, but then never any of the elite ones because back when I was riding the track it didn't really fit into the program or what we were working towards with the team pursuit so uh, yeah this would be my first elite 60. Uh, they are very sort of different aren't they they're almost like a separate discipline almost to track racing and obviously road racing and um, what what as a rider what's the difference what's the big difference? I think there's a lot of factors you know I think you know you probably couldn't just throw any any road rider onto the track uh, especially in a 60. Probably from the outside it looks quite chaotic you know people going over changes lots of different stuff going on 
and yeah, I guess you have to be super aware and have ridden enough Madisons and raced enough Madisons before to be able to pick up the combinations to see when, if a certain team's coming down, it, to get in the right order with their partner and also to read the race. Um, so it takes a lot. And also the, just the repetitiveness. You know, most um, normal track races, obviously you race for one day and that's it. But obviously here, the six day, you have to back up over, over the six days. So there's that added element as well. And it is a sort of a long game, isn't it? It's, you're always kind of thinking, you know, where are we in the standings and what do we need to do for this particular race? But uh, keeping an eye on the final thing as well. Yeah, because yeah, for sure. You know, you could be leading for five nights and then on the last night you get hoodwinked. You know, anything can happen. Even if you have a couple of bad days at the start, you can never really rule too many teams out because they could come good towards the back end. Are you looking forward to riding behind the Derny? I am actually, yeah. We used to do a lot of it, obviously, back when I was doing the track full time. I might be a bit rusty, but yeah, those are always the events which I think look the best on TV as well. You know, the high speeds, um, how compact everyone rides. It's always an exciting race. And you've got some strong competition this year, haven't you? Elia Viviani, Kelly Buen, you know, there's, some, the, 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 there's no sort of easy teams uh, that you're riding against, really, are there? Yeah, no, the lineup this year is amazing. Um, so I feel really privileged to be part of it. You know, I think it would be great for, for the fans to see, you know, Cavalier and Caleb going head to head in some of the sprints in the Madisons. You know, it's not something you get to see every day. So I think it'd be pretty cool. Oh, and all good luck in the uh, sixth day. And thanks for joining us. Brilliant. Thank you. And we're now joined by Caleb Ewing. This is your first six day, isn't it? Your first taste of the six days. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a six days is an event that I've heard a lot about, especially growing up in Australia. Because we do, yeah, I think every junior in Australia does track and road. So it's something that uh, I heard a lot about. Something that we never had in Australia when I was growing up. So I never got the chance to do it there. And yeah, by the time I was coming over to Europe, I was already full time on the road. So yeah, it's my first one and I'm pretty excited about it. When was the last time you actually rode on the track, on an indoor track? Oof, I think four years ago. So it's been a while and then before that, probably another four years. So it's been a long time. Um, so I might be a bit, uh, a bit rusty on the track, but we'll see. Have you worked out the, uh, the different races in the sixth day? Because some of them are a bit unusual, aren't they? To be honest, I, I honestly know nothing about the format or anything. So it's all, uh, all brand new to me and hopefully that... Oh, yeah, I'm going to probably have to learn a bit about it before I actually start. So, um, yeah, otherwise it's all it's all quite new to me. Have the other riders been uh, giving you tips or trying to put you off at all? Not really, because it was only kind of... I only made my mind up about doing it probably two weeks ago. So um, I, haven't, I haven't really thought about it too much. But, uh, yeah, I've heard they're quite hard and I believe it. You know, six days of full gas racing on the track is... Yeah, it's never going to be easy, especially if you're, you're not a track specialist. So we'll see how it goes, but um, I hope it's not, it's not too bad. And it'll be fun racing against Elia Viviani and, uh, and Mark Cavendish on, on the track. Yeah, you know, they're guys obviously that I've duelled against on the road, but uh, yeah, it'll be nice to, to race against them on the track. And I think obviously those guys are a bit more experienced than me on the track, a bit being to the Olympics and World Championships and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's going to be hard for me to to really, I don't know, beat them, but I'll try my best. And how's, uh, how's the rest of the season and, and next year looking for you? Um, well, I've finished my season now. So I finished last Sunday or last Saturday in the in Brussels Classic. So now I'll have a little bit of time off and then uh, start training up again for, for this race. So, yeah, I'm going to need to find a track to do some training on because at home there's, there's no track. So, um, 
yeah, I'll have to yeah, go somewhere, I guess, to, to do some track training and prepare for this. Good luck with that and good luck with the six day as well. Thank you. Cheers. Caleb Ewan. Well, the London Six Day runs from the 22nd of October to the 27th, and they've just announced another star signing. Laura Kenny will be partnering Eleanor Barker, and they'll be up against a field that includes Katie Archibald and Nia Evans. One of the team of Derny Pacers there will be Cordiano Dagnoni billed, perhaps inevitably, as the Italian stallion. In the admittedly niche world of motorpace bike racing, Cordiano is royalty. The Dagnoni family have been pacing with Dernies and big motorbikes since the 50s, and they have a museum of motorpacing on the ground floor of their engineering company's office block in Milan. Christian Dagnoni showed me round and told me about the man who started it all, their father, Mario. Yes, my father, uh, after a career uh, like a rider, uh, start uh, like a pacer in uh, 1958. Uh, he won uh, one world championship in 1968, 27 Italian championship, three European championship, and uh, two world record uh, in the, the stayer. Uh, when uh, me and my brother... Uh, were a child, uh, we were uh, always uh, together, my father, and so we we have uh, the same uh, hobby, and now we are a pacer. My brother uh, Cordiano and Sergio like only for Derny, and me also for uh, Big Motor. Cordiano was uh, also a rider in, uh, in the bike, me only only for uh, for Pacer. <laughs> There's a great picture on the wall of uh, Cordiano when he must have been very, very young indeed, uh, being paced by your yes. father. Yes. Or, or was, is that at the uh, Vigorelli? No, it was, uh, they were uh, in uh, Varese in um, uh, 1975. And Cordiano, he was uh, 11 year old. And my father uh, tried a record with Cordiano, and uh, the speed in uh, one uh, laps was uh, uh, 71 uh, kilometers per hour. <laughs> 71 kilometers an hour at 11 years 11 old? 11 years old, yes, <laughs> sure. Over by the wall there, and I will put the pictures of all these uh, bikes onto the podcast page of the Rulo website so you can see what I'm talking about. But there is a magnificent old motorbike in blue and yellow colours. Um, is that your father's old Steyr motorbike? Yes, it's the original bike for my father. The motorbike uh, technical characteristic was uh, the big engine uh, uh, Mayer. 2,200 cubic, uh, two-cylinder. So a two-litre engine on a motorbike? Yes, two-litre en engine, and uh, the transmission uh, with uh, a special belt. was a very, very big motorbike, and uh, is uh, the, <laughs> the wife uh, for my father for many years, because in the past... Uh, uh, the motorbike uh, was uh, like a, a wife. <laughs> and how fast uh, would he be able to go with a rider behind the, uh, with that bike? But uh, in the past, uh, in Vigorelli, um, they try um, also in uh, one hour, 78 uh, ki kilometer per hour in uh, one hour. So the speed uh, was very high 
with uh, this motorbike. Uh, you've got an amazing uh, collection of the big uh, Steyr motorbikes here, but you've also got some Dernies. And this, this Derny over here, it's looking a bit tattered. It's looking a bit worn. Um, it's green and red paint, uh, which is wearing off on the petrol tank. Um, and it looks pretty much like the Dernies that are used today. But when you come round to the... Uh, to the mudguard at the back. There's a very special name on it. Um, whose derny was this? It's a derny for uh, Jacques Anquetil, the original from uh, Jacques Anquetil, because uh, I take this derny from uh, his, um, uh, in the French name was Masseur. He was an old man living in Milan some year before uh, he died. He called me and uh, say, hey, I have a good present for you. I give you the original Derny from the trainer for Jacques Anquetil. And so it's, uh, it's, I'm very happy, like a family, to have uh, this Derny because uh, it's uh, different like uh, the Derny today. But um, I'm sure that... Uh, is very, very strong Derny because uh, I tried this uh, Derny and uh, the engine is fantastic. It's a uh, two-speed, uh, very, very fast. Do you think this would have been used on the road as well as on the track? Yes, because uh, this Derny used uh, the, this uh, man, uh, Tarcisio Vergani, used uh, with Jacques Anquetil for a training uh, on the road, especially on the road, for uh, to prepare the... Um, the TT race, and uh, is uh, very good. Over here is a bike that I recognise. It's one of the uh, Triumph Thunderbirds, which were originally made for the World Championship in, in Leicester. Um, and for many years we used at Hearn Hill. I've seen them in action at Hearn Hill. Um, this is an amazing machine, isn't it? Was it 650cc, I think? Yes, yes, 650 and uh, is a Triumph uh, motorbike. Looking at them, if people haven't seen Steyr racing, they are uh, amazing bikes, aren't they? Because you, the, the, the pacer pretty much stands up, don't they? Um, yeah. You stand up in order to yes. uh, give more shelter to the, to the rider. Um, but are, are they difficult bikes to ride? Uh, yes, uh, it's difficult because... Uh, uh, it's a totally different uh, the position for uh, to drive uh, this motorbike, but it depends also from the track, because uh, like in Arneil, it's a long track, uh, it's not so difficult. But when you go in a small track, like uh, 250 meters, it's uh, too difficult because uh, the speed is high, and the, the, to drive uh, in uh, stand-up uh, was not uh, <laughs> uh, so easy. Yeah, I can't imagine driving anything this big on a, on a small track. It must take a lot of skill. Yes, it's uh, totally different. But uh, after, uh, I think, uh, for us, after uh, three laps, uh, we are uh, in, uh, in the race. And uh, it's, it's easy after many... And ER for, for me, it's very easy. Now, we heard from Mark Cavendish earlier on. Uh, he was saying that uh, he enjoys Derny racing and he particularly respects the skill of the Derny pacers because a lot of people think it's, 
you know, just someone sitting on a on a little motorbike. But yeah. there's a real art to doing being a derny pacer and doing it well, isn't there? Yes, it's uh, hard because uh, derny is uh, different like uh, the stayer. But uh, in the last year, the speed is very high. And so change uh, the characteristic for the race. But uh, it's important uh, to have a, a good uh, feeling with the rider. Uh, I think uh, Mark Cavendish is a good, one of the best specialists for, uh, for a Derny race. And uh, it's fantastic uh, to see him uh, in the race. <laughs> Christian Dagnoni. You're listening to the Ruler podcast, supported by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. I'm Mark Williamson, and I've been a Lacquer customer since the start of 2019, so about eight months now. So I was on this new bike and stopped off at a coffee shop at a hotel just to send a few emails and make a call. Came out and found someone heard taken off um, the headset at the front, they'd cut the braking gear cables, they'd unscrewed the handlebars and stolen the, the, the bars and shifters. Lacquer were phenomenal actually, I was blown away by both the immediacy and the kind of helpfulness of the support, they seemed keen to help uh, and it was just a remarkably hassle-free experience. couldn't have been happier with the service despite being incredibly frustrated that somebody had decapitated my uh, my new bike and you can find out more about lacquer's approach to insurance on laka.co.uk and don't forget the ruler classic in london is coming up at the end of the month october 31st to november the 2nd the best brands in cycling along with guests including greg lamond lizzie dynion sir bradley wiggins and sean yates rob hales matt Heyman, and probably my favorite rider of the moment cecily utrup ludwig plus the chance to see adam blythe and his shirts in person podcast listener of course you are so you get 10 percent off if you use the discount code R-C-P-O-D. So it's time to catch up with uh, Ruler's Desire editor, Stuart Clapp, who we haven't heard from for a, a little while. Uh, Stuart, have you recovered from the World Championships in Harrogate? Uh, in a word, no. I've, um, I've still got post-Harrogate uh, plague, um, which I think everyone's got. I told my mum and uh, she said, I've been burning the candle at both ends. Answer on the postcards. Anyone know what that means? Yeah, well, yeah, I was. But I was keeping fairly well hydrated. I mean, I was never without a drink in my hand. And uh, I made sure, uh, maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Getting in at four o'clock in the morning every morning and then going out again to then go, no, no, I'm not going to drink today. No, I'm not going to drink. And then by about midday, you've had a beer because you think it's hair of the dog and it's medicinal. I can't even say it. And then I was still drunk. But um, amazing week, as the world is. I mean, we talked about it last year, but I went to my first Worlds um, in Innsbruck last year and how everyone kind of, it's like end of term feel. But it's like end of term, stag do, hen do, freshers week. And uh, David summed it up, David Miller summed it up when he said, it's a little bit like going to a Christmas party. Because you end up at a party at some point and then someone goes, Right, should we go somewhere else? And then you move on. Hang on, I haven't covered any of the racing, have I? I've just talked about drinking. No, that seemed to be the main point of the week, though. 
it does have that feeling, does have that feeling, but what a week for racing, what a week for women's racing. I was having this conversation the other day about how if, say, the men's race was decided in the way the women's race was decided, we would never hear the last of it. Van Vluten went 104.7 kilometres to go. I had to look it up because I wanted to look it up exactly how far it was and then to stay clear for that long. What, like, that is insane, right? That is, like, the stuff of, for history books, you know? But um, the whole weekend was amazing. The weather was grim as. And uh, when I drove back on Monday after the men's race and the sun was out, I did have a little... Well, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I felt really sad for the guys that were out there all day, living their best life as they were. Ruler 19.7 dropped through my letterbox this morning, including a, a new uh, fancy and enlarged desire. It's an engorged desire section. It's now 25 pages long. When we, I first started doing it, a couple of years back, it was like 16 pages and it's got, got bigger. And I actually, they, they let me write stuff in there now, which is... Um, I saw that. I'd say fairly brave of them. I'm not really a writer, but I've always, I've always wanted to write for Ruler. Like I've read it. To, as we, we, put, we talked about this in the, in, in the past, not, not necessarily on the podcast. We've talked about it in the past. But I, I subscribed to Ruler for years and years and years, and I always loved the editorial with it. But actually to write it, it's not lost on me that I feel a little bit privileged because I'm writing in it. You know, it, it's quite a nice feeling. So actually I, what I wrote about what it was like, you know, to change changing the seasons, which it very much is at the moment. Um where it's getting a bit frosty in the mornings, it's getting a bit chilly. So I think I, I did something along those lines and then tied it into kit. But yeah, there'll, there'll be more sort of things like that in the future, I think. And it's the edition that's got all the uh, exotic cars from Cayman's, is it? Yeah, Cayman's International. They are a like, supercar dealership. And the guy sort of does it. It's his passion. He's so into it. Yeah, I mean, with, with the uh, desire section being so massive and my huge increase in pay, I think I might go back and buy the uh, Lamborghini Countach. I would go for it. But how much was the little Fiat Cinquecento? That's probably more my budget. But to be honest, I still like the Vespa that had, what, 37 miles on it from new. It was amazing. He even let me push it around. Oh, the trust. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably more, more a bit my price range. Although it is prop, like, that's a design classic, isn't it? A Vespa like that. And, and the Fiat 500 and the Countach and the F40 and all the other goods that he had in there. And the Colnago that's in there as well. Yeah, that's quite nice, isn't it? I've, I've keep missing the point, don't I? I've, I've, I talk about the worlds and talk about drinking and then talk about the cars in a bike shoot. Yeah, there was, was yeah that that, that Colnago is lovely actually. Like the colour match between that and the Lamborghini Aventador that it was lent up against was, yeah, it was un, unreal. It was like the paint came out the same factory. But yeah, that was a fun shoot. That that was really good. Loads of cool stuff in there. Loads of loads of good kit. And probably the next time I see you is going to be at the Ruler Classic at the end of the month. Are you looking forward to that? I cannot wait. I love the Ruler Classic. I don't know what I do at the Ruler Classic. I'm just there, right? So. I kind of, I let my hair down a little bit, which is quite nice. And there's, there's three days of it. The Thursday is obviously the, the day where the bar's free, you pay, you know, and, and, and everyone's there. Friday, I, see, I really like Friday. Friday's the cool day for me because everyone goes out afterwards and there's always an after party because I think the show finishes about eight, nine o'clock. Should I tell you about my story last year of how my survival guide for the Ruler Classic? Is this when it all went wrong? Well, wrong or right, depends which way you want to look at it. I mean, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. 
we went out afterwards. We had we had a couple of parties that night. There's a few few faces from cycling out. And at the end of the night, well, not the end of the night, it just sort of whittled down towards the end, and it was the hardcore at the end. And Morton Oppo um, and I, uh, obviously Morton, everyone might, probably knows Morton for his like articles with Cancellara and Floyd Landis and Lance Armstrong and stuff. Morton is exactly how his writing sort of shows him. He's he's pretty out there. I love Morton. And um, he thought I had a hotel room, and I thought he did. So we thought, oh, don't worry, I'll crash in his room. And then it got to about four o'clock and he went to me, OK, don't leave me, OK? And I was like, why? And he went, because I haven't got anywhere to stay. And I was like, no, neither have I. So then when we got to that point, I thought, right, OK. We haven't got anywhere to stay, so we're not going to sleep rough. So the best way to do it is to drink for as long as we can in a bar that would stay open and then stay out all night and then just turn up at the show the following day as if, like, you know, bosh, we're in and just doing another day's work which at the time was a brilliant idea. But the following day, I felt absolutely shocking by about 11 o'clock. Morton went home. I, um, I carried on, then went out the following night. But um, that's because I was younger then, a whole year younger. I don't know if I could do it again. Uh, I'm going to book a hotel room. Yeah, this year will be a lot calmer, won't it? Probably not. And I understand that during your week in Harrogate, you actually uh, got asked for your autograph. Ah, oh, I was hoping, no, not hoping, I was really hoping. I was hoping you were going to bring that up. I sent you a photo of it, didn't I? I went to Prologue, and that is a wicked bike shop in Harrogate. But yeah, I was there, and I met this guy called Eddie. And uh, Eddie, right, so I was talking. Eddie came, comes over, he's got his cap with him. And he went, oh, I've got, will you sign this? And I thought, this is a wind-up, right? Because And he went, I've already got two autographs on it, Colin Sturgis and David Miller, right? And I thought, what? I thought he's winding me up. But the thing is, I've never signed an autograph. So Did he know who you were? Yeah, he recognised my voice, right? So, Which is unbelievable, I know. But when I started signing it... I really and that, I'm, I'm afraid, is all we have time for from Stuart and his fantasy world. Don't forget the Ruler Classic 10% discount code RCPOD. See you for the next podcast. We've got Tom Pickcock on it. Every time he looks at it, there's going to be my name shouting at him in block capitals. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.